Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is episode number 135. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to everyone. The theme of today's podcast is something that is very close to your heart. It is very close to my heart. And you speak to Kevin Jenks. Mm-hmm. So who's Kevin? So Kevin... Like, first of all, Kevin runs a studio in Sydney, a meditation studio called Centered Meditation. Mm-hmm. And it's a drop-in meditation studio right in the CBD. Uh, it's amazing. Like it's in a... In a high-rise. In a high-rise yeah, building. Like in, on 10th floor in one of the busiest streets in Sydney. That's awesome. Uh, is this beautiful drop-in meditation center. But I met Kevin at an event that I spoke at a couple of weeks ago. And you know when you just meet someone and you, you clearly... Are quite like-minded but you know that they have a lot that you can learn from them yeah like we kind of got along quite well he led this breakfast in a really brief meditation and the way he described meditation and the way he made it accessible and not some kind of highly spiritual practice of woo mm. but just this process that he took people through uh really spoke to me because that's how i viewed meditation mm after discovering that it wasn't and didn't have to be this highly spiritual kind of practice. And I just, I really appreciated it. He was so simple and so straightforward and so open and, and invitational, I guess, to it that you couldn't sit through the meditation and not, not be taken along. So yeah, anyway, we got along, we, we chatted after the breakfast and I decided that I wanted to have him on as a guest because he's awesome. So he, I don't know, works with corporates and goes in and, and, offers those soft skills sort of that's part of what he does yeah so a half they initially started the studio just as a drop-in space for people who work in the city to come in meditate for half an hour find that pocket of, of you know peace or or calm either before work during their lunch break or after work but what he discovered really quickly was that his clientele are are these professional people but they work in large organizations and so many of them started approaching him asking him to come in and start teaching their either their team or you know in a small office their entire organization right. about meditation and the benefits of it um, and giving them strategies and tools and, and ways to actually implement it which is I think where people find it difficult they're like okay mm. fine I get it meditation sounds like a good thing to do I don't have time or how how do I do it when my brain won't be quiet how do I you know all of these obstacles that we throw in our own way uh, he he helps people to kind of overcome them or accept them and move around them, but it's, it's such a good conversation. I really really enjoyed chatting with Kevin. A lot. Now meditation, something that you've really embraced over the past twelve months. Mm. It's interesting my experience with meditation mm. because it sounds like I need to go and see Kevin. Mm-hmm. Like I remember remember when we did the experiments. Yeah, so and that was I, in May. In May, and I I struggled a little bit. I, I saw the benefits of it, but I didn't do it every day. It sounds as if I need to go and see Kevin yeah. and do it at least twice a day. Because I was speaking to people after that experiment and they looked at me and like, I can't see you meditating. Mm. You know, like they just couldn't, they couldn't, you know, process the fact that Ben McCallery would meditate. It's interesting, Kevin and I speak about that because he was very similar he didn't mm. tell anyone mm. for a long time, people that he worked with, people that he played footy with, mm. that he was meditating because people would be like, that's not you. Mm. You're not that kind of person. And that's, he held off. He didn't, he was so skeptical. 
of meditation for a long, long even when time. he was doing it yeah. yeah like he came into it going yeah all right fine i'll give it a try it's not gonna work but then i can say i've done it uh and he even after he started um you know meditating and finding the benefits he didn't tell people for a long time so really similar kind of trajectory to you um you know and kevin talks about how he moved past that in our conversation uh yeah but i think I mean, yeah, like I said, like, like you said, I, I've basically meditated most days since we did the experiment in May. And I, like, it's been a game changer for me. Mm. It really has massive game changer. So I will say the beginning of this episode, I sound quite like zenned out because I've just literally just did. just did a meditation session with Kevin in the studio. Um, there was about six or seven other people there. It yeah. was eight o'clock in the morning, such a cool way to start the day. And they're all, you know, suited up, ready to go into their That's office. That's fantastic. Yeah. They were left. They would have been at their desks by 9am. Uh, it was really yeah. cool. But anyway, so it takes me a minute to kind of level up. <laughs> <laughs> If I was in the city, that's definitely what I would be doing. For now. sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, so if, if you are in Sydney and you're interested, I'd highly recommend checking them out. So their website is centeredmeditation.com.au. They have a Facebook page, an Instagram account, things like that. I will include a link in the show notes to Kevin's site and studio. It lists how you can join as a member, how you can drop in for a one-off meditation session. They also do... These are really incredible sounding workshops that go much deeper mm. into some of the, the benefits and different techniques of, of meditation. Um, so there's links to that as well. But what I will do, because I know a lot of you aren't in Sydney, is also put together a list of some other meditation resources. So the apps that I have used over mm. the past six months. Um, there's many courses and podcasts and things like that that can also teach you, uh, you know, the basics of meditation and I will include links to all of that in the show notes because I would love people to just try, you know, overcome that skepticism or embrace it and then still still give it a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is a really good conversation and just know that I was a little bit zenned out when we first started talking. <laughs> There's no chanting. No chanting. No chanting. Is the chanting religious? I believe so. So his we, is very non-religious. Yes, right? we talk about that. Yeah. Um, we talk about that in the in the conversation. Why they steered clear of any sort of spiritual mm. overtones or religious religious um, kind okay. of connections, because Kevin's a very scientific-minded person, mm. and while he's not saying that any of, of that is, you know, there isn't a place for it because there absolutely is, and he studied, you know, extensively. Uh, but what he wanted to do was to make sure that it wasn't exclusionary to anyone. Um, yeah, and that we talk about that quite a lot. So it's awesome. Yeah. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy. Kevin. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you for um, blissing me out this morning. That was beautiful. Such a beautiful way to start the day. Thank you. You're most welcome. Tell me, have you always been, have you always meditated, first of all, I guess? No. I, <laughs> to, get, to get that clear, I, I did not, um, I was not born in a, in a cave in the Himalayas meditating. 
Um, I have since meditated in a couple of caves in the Himalayas, but no, I certainly wasn't born meditating. I only took it up um, in my um, mid twenties. Okay. As a well, sorry, late twenties, I should say, um, as a as a way to um, cope with stress, basically. Yep. So you you had a stressful life in your in your like mid to late twenties. You were living a stressful life. I was living a uh, I was living a life where I essentially couldn't cope with all the demands that were that I was placing on myself. Yep. Um, in essence, yeah, and it kind of all came to a a head in my in my mid to late twenties. Okay. In a in health regard, like, were you did you struggle health wise or um, like well being more broadly? Yeah. So I'll give you the the, the background mm. if if you'd like as to how I got to where where I got. So I was working a a pretty intense job. Um, I was working long hours, lots of responsibility. Part of my job had me on call. Yeah. So um, you know, being woken up in the middle of the night to to deal with things and. and and whatever and that all of that was certainly took its toll yeah um, I think since I was for since I was younger though I was always going at a million miles an hour um, always go 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 always trying to do more always running late yeah um, and I think that was probably something that I that I took in to okay. to this job so it wasn't certainly wasn't just the job that's that contributed to to what went on but basically I got to a stage where I was where I was actually experiencing the, the, the effects of stress in a way on both my health and my well-being. So mm-hmm. I carried with me an anxiety in my, my chest. I think I call it a somatic anxiety. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't diagnosed with clinical anxiety or anything like that, but I would feel this crushing sensation in my chest that mm. would last anywhere from you know, days to weeks at a time. Right. Um, I'd wake up with it, go to bed with it. Um, I developed chronic nightmares. So I was having really violent dreams about four nights a week. Right. Uh, and would wake up in the middle of the night in a pool of sweat. Um, you know, <laughs> kind of pretty freaked out. And that was just, I just thought that that was just not the norm and part and parcel of, of how it all was. Uh, I only later on did I remember when I realized how abnormal my life actually was. I was taking, I was going through... It wasn't uncommon to go through a strip of painkillers in a week. Yeah. I thought, yeah, it's just Panadol. It's normal, yeah. Of course it's normal. I got a headache. Always got a headache. Always had a headache. Yeah. And always just taking painkillers for it. That's something that took me probably three or four years to realize once after I'd stopped taking them. Hey, wait a minute. I haven't taken painkiller enough in a few years. Yeah. What's what's going on? So um, that was definitely, there there was that all coming down on me I got glandular fever got it again Mm -hmm. didn't really recover properly from it because my attitude to life was was stop being soft and and get on with it so you know when I had glandular fever I went into my well when I got it got it diagnosed and did all the tests I went into my boss's office I said you know I've got glandular fever and this is what's happening and this is and so I said okay great what would you like and I said, oh, I think I need a day off. Uh, <laughs> a day. Yeah. So maybe two. So I took during, I took, ended up taking two days off. Right. Uh, you really and, doubled down on yeah, that. Yeah, really, really doubled down and then decided that, okay, that was enough. It was time to get on with the job. And then maybe I came in, you know, half an hour, an hour late to work. 
yeah. on a few more days after that. And that was my approach to life. And yeah. I thought anything less was just a cop out. Yeah. Um, so all of this was uh, all of this was happening, happening for me, and it just culminated in in a, a, a complete overwhelming sense. So I didn't break down in the in I guess the the traditional sense of the in the mm-hmm. word, of the word. In fact, if you would have looked at me at the time, you'd have said, "Wow, this guy's really going places." You know, expert in my field, great friends, great job. Uh, I was just on an upward trajectory yeah. with life. I was really successful. I was being successful. Mm-hmm. I was living that. But on the, underneath, I felt like I was completely diverging from that um, external show of, of, of success. Yeah. And I was kind of melting apart mm. on the inside. And that played a pretty, um, pretty significant factor in all areas yeah. of my life. And uh, my girlfriend at the time now, my wife, Nikki, mentioned to me about 18 months before I'd started meditating. She said, you know, there's this thing called meditation and... I think it would really help you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was like, uh, meditation, it's hippie nonsense. Uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not interested in that. Um, those are my words, hippie nonsense. Uh, it's not for me. I'm, you know, I'm scientific by nature. Yep. I'm, I'm mathematical. I've got two degrees there. You know, this is not, this is not for me. Yeah, I'm you not can, that person. I'm not that person. You can go do your chanting and mm-hmm. your singing and, and whatever it is I thought that you did for meditation. Yep. To the point where Nikki was getting really great benefits of medita- from meditation. She was studying psychology at the time and, uh, and she was getting these great benefits. But I was just, I couldn't even see it because mm. I'd made up my mind that it was one thing. It's really interesting, isn't it, when we make up our mind that that's what this is. And I was the same with meditation for years. Like, well, that's, you know, that's crystal bathing and chakra cleansing and all these things. That I, like, I had no right to judge any of it because I didn't understand a single part of it except that that was a story I'd told myself about meditation. I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. No, that's too, like, woo-woo, you know. Yeah, hippie stuff. That's, uh, so what was the change? Right. So the change was, um, and I, I didn't, couldn't bear to, by the way, think what my what my friends at work would say <laughs> or my, my mates at footy. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And the change was... Um, Nikki was actually, she was really good at it. She, she didn't put the pressure on me at all, mm-hmm. um, which... I think was good in the end. Every now and then I would I would be, you know, kind of complaining to her in in a pretty, you know, I'd be or she could see it. I mean, I'd wake up in the middle of the night often and I'd, you know, wake up sometimes crying yeah. from the nightmares. And uh, so every now and then she would just say, "Listen, I really think you got to do something about this. Um, if you're not going to do meditation, like maybe there's some other things that you can do." Like mm-hmm don't mention the word psychologist or anything like that was not going to be I was not interested yeah, in going okay. down that path either so yep. I was in a path where I was too proud to to tell anyone really that I had a problem um, and not willing to try any of this so eventually I literally decided that going and trying meditation was going to be the lesser of the two right evils for me yeah okay in my, in my mind and it was literally just fine I'll try this so I tried meditation. Mm-hmm. It was nothing like what I thought it was, what I'd built it up in my mind. I sat down, I closed my eyes, I went through a simple mental process and I felt really great. Mm. And I thought, oh, wow, this is, this is awesome. This is pretty good. I don't believe that it works, but it's not what I thought it was. So um, I decided that I would give it, I'd give it um, three weeks. Okay. I'd meditate 
every day, twice a day for three weeks. Yep. And then if it didn't work, I would say, see, doesn't work. Meditation's not for me. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And I could then be right. Um, unfortunately, or well, fortunately, I couldn't. I was very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and within, so within um, within that three week period, these feelings of anxiety completely disappeared. Wow. Never to return. Wow. Um, the nightmares went away. I don't have nightmares. I haven't had a nightmare Since. for years. Wow. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this meditation thing does work. It's pretty interesting. That started my journey. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. So those first three weeks, you kind of came into it, I guess, viewing it as an experiment, really, to just see... Like, let's just see what happens. Even though you kind of in your head, you're like, well, look, I'll be right at the end and, you know, ha-ha. Turns out you were open enough to and, you know, willing enough to admit that that's actually not what happened. So you meditated for three weeks every day, twice a day. How long for? Um, 20 minutes. Both times? 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening. And were they guided meditations? Was it a program that Um, you did? So it was a self-led. It was a self-led meditation. So I went to a teacher and um, they taught you the technique yep. and then you went and, and did the did the meditation okay um, and yes but in answer to your, your other question it was yes it was a scientific experiment yeah. which suited my you know my the way of thinking I was I say I'm a scientist I'm, yep. you know, I'm not scientist by qualification but that's the way my mind works um, so I th- could I'm a big fan of facing uh, and trying things like this uh, in 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 the basis of an experiment. Ben and I last year did uh, 11, 10 experiments, one a month, in different areas of slow living. And I think there's something really powerful about removing uh, judgment or expectation as well when you're able to just go in and say, let's just see what happens. Let's commit to 30 days of yoga. Let's commit to 30 days of meditation and see what happens. And some of those things have been the biggest you know, game changers in our lives. And I think there's really something something to be said for experimentation rather than, uh, you know, I'm on a health kick or I'm on a, you know, meditation kick or something like that. That's really kind of setting yourself up to feel like a failure if it doesn't work out the way you expect. Yeah, yeah. That, that's right. And there's, there's certainly a, a difference between scepticism and cynicism. Yes. So, you know, to be sceptical is great. Yep. People come in here and they say, oh, I'm, I'm very sceptical. And I say, great, so mm. am I. Um, so that means you experiment and if you find evidence in favor or That's not in right. favor then you can go down a pathway as you choose yeah versus the you know the cynicism <laughs> which is probably what i carried with me for before i started meditating of it's not going to work is rubbish i'm not interested in listening to it yeah that's a really good point actually because i think people confuse the two sometimes um you know they they yeah. don't necessarily realize that what they're being is cynical when what they thought they were being was skeptical yes yeah it, it, exactly and you can you can find you can find cynics cynics in the disguised as skeptics everywhere yeah Um, yeah yeah, exactly and i was probably one of them and i think we all carry that in some regard in some you know in something you know in life so now you run a a drop-in meditation center in the middle of the city which is such a just you know off topic such a fantastic idea and this is such a beautiful space and i'm so glad that it exists thank you so how long have you been running centered meditation so we've been open f- since June 2015. Okay, great. So 18 yeah, months. We're, yeah, we're More, getting yeah. exactly just just awesome. So yeah, June June this year will, will be two years. Yeah, 
which is which is really exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's it's just so brilliant. And what did that look like, I guess? Did you leave your previous industry, your previous line of work and just decided this is what you wanted to do? I mean, how did you decide that this was for you? So I mean, I guess I did decide it. At the time, I felt like I wasn't given a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll explain how that how that came up. So I was experiencing these really great benefits of, of meditation um, in my... I was still working in my last job. Yep. Um, I didn't tell anyone I meditated because I was like, if they find out, <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll call me a hippie. Yeah, okay. Um, I, you know, I grew my hair long once and they called me a hippie. So <laughs> okay. this is definitely going to be... Meditation was a no-no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did anyone comment... Sorry to interrupt. Did anyone yeah, notice true. any positive benefit like any positive change in you though yes right okay that's interesting yeah, big yeah. time and, and it's often the case with meditation that those around you start noticing it sometimes even before before you, you. yeah 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 sorry keep going. no that's fine i know i mean i noticed that the anxiety had gone away and the nightmares had gone away no one else could, could really notice that because i never shared it with anyone else except for nikki um but yeah people around me started telling me uh, that i was spending a lot of time with started saying oh wow you're you know you you're you're so calm mm. like, why aren't you reacting to that? Like old Kev would have, mm-hmm. would have like, what's going on? So, you know, those who are close to me, I said, oh, you know, I do this thing called meditation and it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but I'd still, you know, I still wasn't open about it. I had my own office at, um, and instead of just closing my door and meditating, I would run away to my, hide in, in my car or right. in a park somewhere where I knew no one would, could see me just in case, you know, they opened the door and they'd be like, <laughs> You're meditating, hippie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. So, um, so I, I sort of, I, I sort of went went through this, and I was, I was experiencing, I was starting to sleep better. I was starting yep. to wake up feeling more energized. A lot of people were starting to comment on my, on my levels of just, on my levels of calmness. Mm. Um, I started um, performing better at life. Yeah, really, and that was the the impetus for um, for Nikki and I to both resign from our jobs. And we decided to go to India okay. to get to the source of, of where it all happened. Um, well, you know, at least at least where there's a lot of history yeah. in meditation and, and have a further look into, into that. And so that's exactly what we did. We resigned from our jobs. Wow. I ended up taking a, a two-year sabbatical yeah. uh, that I call it. That's where I got my degree in, well, one of my degrees in, in life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it really was. It was that I took, took two years to... On, to really discover who I was, um, develop myself further mm. as, as, a, as a human being and as someone that, uh, that wants to make an impact on the world. Yep. And this idea of centered meditation was, was, never, was never on the cards. It was all about just us yep. um, doing this personal exploration. So we went off to India and we lived in ashrams um, and we you know, studied the various traditions and uh, philosophical um, foundations. And, and that was really, really great. I've also had a side interest in the science behind meditation. Because, okay. you know, I'm, I was never a, uh, I've never prescribed to, a, you know, to a, an ancient spiritual pathway. Yep. So I wanted to look at the modern evidence base. And that was really interesting, which is something that I've always done um, on the side. And it's really great that since the 1970s, when they started, when modern science started studying meditation, they've actually produced some, some really great, great results. And there's a good solid evidence base. Yeah. So I was congruently stu- both um, yeah, studying the, uh, the modern evidence and then also exploring the ancient traditions. And that was something that was profoundly impactful mm. on my life again. 
and it was really only to be honest I thought after my my two years or at about the 18 month mark I thought okay great I've got what I needed to do do it's been a it's been a been a great ride time to go back into the workforce yeah and bring it all to and I just couldn't get the right job Okay. It just wasn't coming up for me. The opportunities, the doors were... Uh, I was experiencing those typical, you know, like the doors shutting just before I <laughs> just before I get to it. And then through that, this, this idea just popped up for um, to create a space and to help people that were like me. Yeah. Skeptical urban professionals, highly stressed, experiencing the, the, the effects of, of stress on their body, mm. um, but living a really successful life. You know, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where the idea was born. I I try to resist it. I did resist it. I kept pushing it away. No, this is not the stability that I'm after. Yeah. And the doors <laughs> just kept the other doors that I thought were my path just kept shutting in front of me. And this job wasn't coming up, and that job wasn't coming up, and uh, and these doors towards centered meditation were just opening and opening and opening until I couldn't ignore them. Right. I said, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that, that's, how, that's how this was, was born. Was born. Uh, it's just, it's brilliant. So, your, I guess the majority of your clients and people who, who come in would be, as you say, urban professionals, highly stressed. I mean, I, so I've just taken a, done a session with you that started at quarter past eight in the morning. People are out, they're in the office by nine, you know. Yeah. Uh, what... I mean, I guess, what are, what are people looking for and, and how do they come to the realisation that what they need or maybe what, what they should be exploring is meditation? So, it's a, it's a very good question. People come to us generally, uh, well, the number one reason we know this because we, we survey our, yeah. uh, our guests, the number one reason that people come to us is to um, cope with stress. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's what they say. Yep. Um, so, um, typically they're... Typically, our, our guests, they're, they're facing anything from um, feeling stressed. And I say feeling stressed very vaguely because, you know, show me a feeling <laughs> yeah. of stress. Um, they don't necessarily understand the difference between, you know, and there's, there's pressures in, in the outside world. And when they don't have the resilience to, to deal with those pressures effectively, well, then it has effects on their body. And that's yep. what they call stress. So coping with stress is our number one number one reason um, people come to us to help them help them sleep mm-hmm. um, people come to us to um, help with um, anxiety um, and you know a multitude of other uh, of other professional and um, and personal personal issues um, it's not everyone that comes to us is you know has a problem again I say quote unquote yep. um, most of them are, are you know are just normal urban professionals that want to live a fast-paced lifestyle and have realized that they need sustainable solutions because the traditional solutions of of say you know pharmaceuticals and alcohol yeah are not working for them yeah yeah that's uh, you said something really interesting they want to live a fast-paced life like people enjoy you know they enjoy the pressure they enjoy living where they live they enjoy having lots of stimulation and a you know high pressured fast-paced job but it's really interesting now that the conversation is shifting so that people understand that like that's fine and it is you know it's a valid choice but it's not sustainable if that's all there is and like self-medication of you know getting drunk on a friday night or if tuesday night you know just to, right. to deal with it people are starting to become aware of the fact that that's not actually sustainable or going to prolong life in any kind of 
you know, high quality way. That's right. What I mean, what benefits are, are people talking to you about as they as they start to progress through meditation and, and practice more? So the benefits are, are really, and that's the the beauty about meditation is that it's it's so generalized mm. in its ability to help with so many um, so many challenges. So it's literally everything from I am more productive at work, as in I can focus better on tasks i'm getting distracted less to i'm feeling calmer about life either about deadlines that are coming up um, i'm not feeling nervous at meetings or or, or speaking publicly to people Uh, i'm sleeping better that's Mm -hmm. a really big one Um, for us people a lot of people coming don't even realize that they're not sleeping effectively yeah until they start Uh, until they start meditating yeah and by the way, you don't need to meditate at night to sleep better. Right. Um, you just meditate. I would meditate morning and then the afternoon again, and I started sleeping yeah. better. No more nightmares, no more waking up. Um, I could fall asleep quicker, and that that's a good... So people often report... That's a, a, one of people often report, I had the best night I've ever slept. Mm. And, I mean, do you think that that's... Or just in your experience, I guess, um, because it's just a creating bit of buffer or margin or, or something that just allows that stimulus to go out rather than constantly be coming in i mean for me sleep and confidence are the one of the two biggest yeah. uh the two biggest kind of benefits i guess from meditation um but i mean what do you think causes that because it's not it's not necessarily like a meditation to go to sleep sort of practice yes. so what do you think what do you think the reason for that is so each time you sit down to meditate, there, there's a, a f- I mean, there's a few things going on, going on in your body, but it's it's used as just that a way to debug your mind. Mm-hmm. You can think about it almost like exercise for the mind meets spring cleaning for the mind. Yeah, right. Um, and so all the junk that you're carrying around um, has an opportunity to be released. Whereas in our 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 normal fast-paced urban lifestyle. We're just only being bombarded by mm-hmm. stimulus. Uh, you know, you're carrying around all the information ever known to humankind in your in your pocket. Yeah, uh, and you know, we're we're glued to these to these devices, and they're just with us all the time. So um, that notion of yes, I can be connected all the time and you know be bombarded with stimuli is um, is proving ineffective. Mm. Whatever you want to say say about it, the reality is is that it's not you know it's not working for a lot of people. So when they sit down and meditate, they're their mind is, in simple terms, is being cleaned out, debugged, and their body is being put into a, a physiological state of rest, mm. um, which is countering the stress, res- the stressed state that a lot of us live a lot of our life in. Yeah, and we don't we don't even realise, do we? I no. mean, so it's a matter of sitting down, and you were talk. So we met last week at an event, and you were talking about uh, the impact that it has on your your body physically you know to your digestive system and your um your nervous system so i mean how long do people need to meditate in order for that to start to impact them in a positive way so there's no there's no conclusive evidence on the on the the minimum length of time that you have to meditate the the minimum number of days that you have to uh, meditate there's you know there's there's varying degrees of um of understanding in that Mm -hmm. in that field so i would at this stage you know i say to people do it and and see when it impacts you and how and how you feel uh there's i mean i've seen studies done where they've taken people for as little as as 12 minutes a day yeah 
um, through programs for a number of weeks yeah. and they've had you know, measurable results, right. significant impact. Um, we always say, start meditating. Meditate as, as much as you can work it into your to your routine. Yeah. And if you're feeling the benefits, then great. Yeah. Continue meditating. Um, yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, because, I mean, I also wanted to ask you about the difference, I guess, between meditation as a practice and then moments of mindfulness which is something that yeah, I really great. do like, I really encourage people because people often say to me I don't have time for half an hour of meditation and which is a conversation I think that needs to happen because it's about prioritizing our time and perhaps spending a bit less time on Facebook and you know all those things that kind of eat away at those yeah those little pockets of moments that could add up to 30 minutes a day but I think in addition to that those moments of just taking five really deep belly breaths or uh, you know when you're outside stopping for a minute and noticing things that you hadn't noticed before I also think that they have a role to play in that but I don't know if they have the same physiological benefits as meditation what do you think what do you think about those about that so they're all they're really great and Mm. I I agree if um, to to do both of those things or you know doing the I guess every your everyday mindfulness informal mindfulness practices yep. rather than not are going to, is going to be hugely beneficial yeah. and we, we find that as well so you know, we, we teach um, tools and techniques to actually do this in the everyday world in the workshops that we run both for our um, for our, our individuals and also for the companies that we work with mm-hmm. and we um, participants report getting immense benefit from that literally just standing outside getting down to the street and instead of pulling out their phone and eye walking to their next yeah. destination <laughs> actually noticing what's going on around them noticing mm. the smells noticing the sights you know looking at the tree mm. you know, there's there's nothing hippie about observing nature and um you know and and taking in the the you know the the, the smells and the and the sounds that are that are coming for you in fact there's a lot of evidence that supports the calming effect that nature has on our yes. physiology. Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a massive proponent of spending as much time outside yeah. surrounded by any measure of nature as possible because yeah. there is an impact, you know. Yeah, there's 100% an impact. But what's the point in being in nature if you have your, Absolutely. your head stuck to a, you know, uh, a, a, your face stuck to a screen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's those 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 everyday practices of bringing attention to your present moment awareness um, are both helping to physiologically calm your body mm-hmm. again um, and helping you to um, to just take a break from those those that constant bombardment of stimuli. Yeah. Um, and it is constant. constant. It really is. I mean, I noticed you've got a flyer. Uh, up here about talking about phone-free February. Yes. And so unplugging, that's a big part of your philosophy and, and something that you really encourage people to do regularly. Yeah, big time. So, um, you know, we, we, we say that, that one should ideally set boundaries around their connection time. Yep. And do exactly that digitally detox yep. on a regular, base, a regular basis. Now, I'm not saying, you know, uh, you know give up your iPhone and and you know, go back to a go back to a little Nokia thirty two ten or whatever whatever it is. Um, not not at all. But there's certain parameters that you can that you can put in place to actually use this technology to your advantage rather than to your detriment. Yeah. Um, because yes. we have all the tools. It's not like the old days where you know we, where we didn't have all these things. So the choice was essentially made for us. Now we have 
virtually unlimited choice. Mm. The biggest choice is when am I going to be connected and when am I not going to be connected? And a lot of people don't realize that they actually have a choice yes. in that area. It's a choice. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we say things like, you know, when you get home at night, if you don't have to be connected to your, you know, to your emails, um, don't be. Yes. I understand there's some jobs that you have to be. I had a job where I was on call for, so for a certain period of the month, I would be, know that these number of days that I couldn't switch off my phone. Yeah. It had to literally come with me everywhere. Yeah. What in reality had ended up happening is every single day, every single moment my phone mm. came with me. Um, and I thought because I, I didn't think I had a choice, I just became conditioned that way. Yeah. But you have a choice. So we say, go home, turn off your phone. Mm. Try. People are afraid to turn off their phones. They are, aren't they? What do you think that stems from? Uh, you know, I mean, I think it's prob- for me, I think it's tied... It's tied to ego. We like to be needed and wanted and, you know, important. Uh, but I think it's conditioning. I, I think there's that fear of missing out. What if I, What if something happens and I'm not first on the scene? What if I'm not yeah. completely informed of everything that's going on in the world? Yeah, FOMO definitely plays a part. It does, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What, what do you think people's sort of rationalisation is for constantly being connected? Uh, I, think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, and that's certainly what I can personally relate yeah. to. Yeah. relate to yeah Definitely. yeah it's um i think there's something really powerful in just acknowledging that we do have a choice sometimes yes. not, not all the time as you yeah. say but so those boundaries i think are, are really important i mean um, we try and have a period of you know 10 to 12 hours a day where we don't get online doesn't always happen but you know more often than not yeah. and then we try for a 24-hour period over a weekend as well uh, and even just something like that is such a it's, ah. a it's a holiday for your brain you know and it's, it makes the weekend or the the day off or whatever feel like a genuine break rather than kind of just constantly dipping into the email and just monitoring we're just monitoring you know yeah. we don't do anything with it yeah yeah it just sits there and, and clouds up our, our brains. It, yeah, it's really, really um, great. I mean, you say, I'm, I'm laughing when you say 12 hours a day. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we, we work with our guests to just, let's just try with the hour or two before you go to bed. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I will say 12 hours yeah. a day, like eight of yeah. them we're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, so, but I, I hear, I mean, that's, that's incredible and it would have, I'm, I have no doubt that it would have incredible impacts mm. on, on your on your mind. Um, it would be it would be great. I think the screen free break before bed though is yeah. probably the most important of that yeah. time because not only I mean I don't know if you've you've seen the impact of yeah. screens on your sleep, your yeah. ability to get to sleep and have good quality sleep as well. That's uh, right. Do you do you have a screen free period before you go to bed? Um, I I do. So yeah. and yes. 100% that's if someone says when you know when should I not be connected I say the one to two hour mark I say two you do one great yeah um, before you actually go to sleep and yeah yeah certainly I've I've um, I implement that again I don't always follow it yeah sometimes something happens sometimes yeah. I just have to well I don't have to sometimes I choose to you know to get on my phone and, and check an email or respond to an email late at night yeah. because that's just what I f- feel needs to be done yeah. and so you, know, you don't have to be rigid about, well, in my opinion you don't have to be rigid about it if again you've got to just ask yourself is this going to positively or adversely impact on my life mm-hmm. uh, but yeah there's, the research is, is pretty, pretty evident that, um, that this, the, the lights from, from your screen 
um, have an effect on your circadian rhythms. Yeah. Um, be it TV, computer, iPhone. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we another one of the experiments that Ben and I did was a screen-free bedroom. And I we both yeah. still maintain it now, and that was almost... It was more than six months ago. Uh, and I couldn't believe how much easier we fell asleep, first of all, and how much better quality the sleep that we had was. And I think that that's been our experience anyway that it was impacting our, our brain's ability to understand that it was actually nighttime. yeah you know it's not daytime right. it's not time to get up and work it's time to rest so yeah, yeah. that that's right i mean tvs in the bedroom i, I really think we'll see we'll see that as a as a thing of the past yeah moving forward yeah i feel like at least people's awareness is there that it, it, it may be having some kind of impact as well yeah now the other thing I, something else i wanted to ask you about um your thoughts on because a lot of people will say to me, I can't meditate, I can't sit still, I get bored. Uh, I guess, first of all, your thoughts on that and how maybe people can convince themselves to just try a little bit or break it down to a smaller amount until they're able yeah. to do it. But also your thoughts on, I guess, people want to replace silent sitting meditation with active meditation um, and you know how that fits into it as well. Okay, so on the uh, I can't sit still, I, I, I get bored mm. element, I say great i'm not telling you to sit still and i'm not telling you not to get bored yep uh, so yeah you can do both of those things so that's that that's that's no problem um i i think the the one of the one of the chief complaints we we come we get faced with by people is, is they they come in and they say i can't meditate because my mind is too active mm-hmm. so um and that really is probably what's the the cause of that of that comment i can't sit still or or i get bored yep I get bored because I need to be doing things and my mind's racing around with all my to-do lists yes. and things like that. And to that we say, that's great. Yeah. Um, you don't You don't need to push the thoughts away. You have a busy mind. Guess what? You're unique. You're an individual. But in that regard, you're just like everyone else. <laughs> yeah. um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah. to burst the bubble. Uh, <laughs> and... So, yeah, meditation is for you. If you can't sit still, if you get bored, if your mind races in a million miles an hour, that's exactly why you need to be meditating. Um, You know, it would be like saying, um, I can't exercise because I'm unfit. That's that's the point. Yes. That's why, you know, (laughs) why you're exercising. So... The, one of the distinctions that we make is is this, a lot of people come in with the, the notion of um, that I need to push away the thoughts or stop them from arising. Yep. And you would have seen from that that meditation, our emphasis on, on thoughts will arise. We're not trying to push them away. Yes. We're not trying to stop them from arising because that is an impossibility for most people. That's what thoughts do, right? That's yeah. Yeah. correct. You can't think of nothing. Yeah. Because yeah, thinking right. implies a exactly, yeah, exactly the cognitive <laughs> process going in your mind. No, thing and I think implies that's what no people thing. get to. Like, but if yeah. I think of nothing, then everything comes in all at once. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. we we use it as a, we um, explain it as an effortless process. Yeah. That you just sit down, you take your mind through the process of meditation. So it's not a state that you've got to get to. You, you don't have to get to a state where your mind is is where your body is is not not moving and your mm-hmm. mind is not working and you're not bored yeah that's not what we're trying to do we're trying to go through a process um, a simple mental process as you would have mm. as you would have discovered here and through your own practices and then see how that is impacting our life outside of meditation there were the two things that i love about what you're doing it's very simple you don't overcomplicate it it's not you know 
super flowery or anything like that. It's you're not asking people to perform mental gymnastics in order to get to this state. Uh, but also, your emphasis is not on how you feel in the moment, but on the impact it has on your life beyond these walls. And I think that's this. It's so powerful, but also so liberating because you can sit there and you can go, "Ah, oh, I'm, I'm not like I'm not doing this well." And you're like, "Well, first of all, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're just doing it." That's right. But second of all, it doesn't matter. What matters is the impact that it's having outside. And I think that that is just such a, a wonderful, accessible way to talk about it and to approach it and to introduce and lead people through meditation because it is for everyone. You know, some, like, there's, yeah. there's something that everyone can take from it, particularly when it's such a, a simple, beautiful process that, yeah. you, that you teach. It's, yeah, it's wow. really, really lovely. Thank you very much. And we give, and that's exactly our intention, to give that and give nothing more. Mm. So we've... There are no, you know, we're not associated with any religious yes. spiritual pathway. You'll never find any chanting or prayers yep. or, or religious affiliation in here. Um, not because we don't think that they're all valid pursuits in, in life, um, but because there's a separation between what you can get from meditation and, you know, all of that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, that people are now starting to get, ah, yeah, okay, I don't need to, you know, give up all my possessions exactly and join a monastery to to meditate that's right it's a thoroughly modern modern version almost i think of of meditation in that it's for everyone and it's like specifically helping people to deal with the modern pressures that we feel you know and you've just you've just removed um or chosen to to pursue a, a method of meditation that doesn't put any parameters on on that at all and i think it's fantastic i think it's yeah thank you and that also doesn't take away from the philosophical depth of what we're doing because you know when when someone meditates it's having it's our vision is to give urban professionals a greater sense of calm clarity and confidence in their life and meditation is doing just that we're calming the physiology yeah we're clearing the mind and we're giving people the confidence to ask the big questions in life what am i doing what do i want how am I going to get and when am I going to do it or what's the meaning of life or whatever yeah. the, the deep questions they want to ask to get that fulfillment that they're, that they're looking for. Yeah, I think confidence is something I was not expecting to be impacted when I started meditation, yeah. but it's been phenomenal, truly. Just, just self-confidence and the ability and the desire and the clarity, I guess, to ask those questions and to sit with the answer as yes. well, you know, and not run away terrified. <laughs> So has meditation impacted the way you live other areas of your life? I mean, have you changed other things in life as a result of it? Yes. I, I obviously have, your work. <laughs> yeah, obvious, obviously my work. Um, I've changed in, in so many areas of my life and I haven't changed in, in others. So mm. the areas that, that you know, old me pre, pre-meditation days would have thought was things like, oh, no, you're going to make me renounce. <laughs> going to renounce what are you going to renounce I don't know I'm going to renounce <laughs> you know and, and, and stop wearing shoes and you know and give up all my material pursuits of, of, of wanting to live in a house and you know drive a car and go to the beach and, and all yeah. those sorts of things um, it certainly hasn't taken any of those those things away away from me um, it's, but it's put all of that into perspective yeah so um, you know I um, you know that yeah. just put it all into perspective so if the areas that it has on my life is i mean it's it's so my relationships my mm-hmm. ability to relate to others to communicate with others to not let a lot of the you know a lot of the rubbish that often 
we get away, get you know, get in between yep. uh, communication or relationship, I should say, mm. um, doesn't get in the way for me. I can. It's helped me to see words for what they are. They're just words. I don't need to see meaning behind every single little thing that's going on and overanalyze why this person said that and yeah. you know, create a million stories in my life about why things are the way they are. Don't get me wrong. I still create stories. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> but it's helped me identify the fact that I'm creating that's the stories. That's what you're doing, yeah. Uh, and they're not necessarily based in objective reality, but rather in subjective reality. Yes. So meditation and has permeated in, across all areas of, of my life and has profoundly impacted, I would say, on my emotional intelligence mm. and my ability to, to relate to the world and derive happiness from the areas that I'd like to derive them from. Mm. Right, that's... There's it's just so many different ways that that one enormous change can impact a life. You know, that that clarity of mind and emotion, and the fact that there's a separation between reality and thoughts, which is something else that you said. I think that's what you said this morning. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's just incredibly powerful. It really is. Yes, yeah. and a lot of people haven't stopped to consider that there's you know there's this let's say it's the honking of a horn yeah the sound of that coming into their into their ears and then their thought process of oh i don't like this sound because Mm -hmm. it means somebody is angry at me and how dare they be angry at me and so now i'm going to going to have a reaction over it it's not that it's some some sound waves coming from a mechanical device that's located inside a vehicle and they're reaching your ears yeah that's, that's that's what it is. Yeah, the story is the the, the emotions is the story that we've we've told ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The rest is completely subjective. Yeah, and you know when you when you start to relate that to to your relationships and and you can start to realize that what's coming out of people's mouths and what your mind is telling you that it means are often two completely separate yeah. things. Which I mean, you can see you can see the connection between meditation and that that process and that yeah. kind of letting go of those stories because you're you're essentially practicing that you're like yes. yes i'm i see that thought i acknowledge it but i'm here i'm meditating i'm practicing right now and it if it's important it'll come back you know yeah. that's essentially what i do in my brain when i meditate yeah. i give it a wave you know i see you i acknowledge you you're a thought you're doing what thoughts do but you're over here and i'm over here yeah. uh you know and that's what you're able to do in those instances of stress or offense or you know whatever rage or anger or you know an argument you're able to separate it because that's what you're essentially doing that's right yeah and we can separate it and even if you still see the story even if you still have the story of ah the the horn means that that you know x y and z i'm going to give this guy the finger yeah you can get to a stage where you actually have that thought process occur before your finger goes up and then you say ah okay i can observe i'm watching myself thinking i'm watching my emotion i'm watching it all this is happening does it actually mean what i think it means probably not maybe it does but i'm yeah. just not going to put put my finger up yeah. i'm just going to continue on in my day exactly and then you know you practice that long long enough and the horn goes and you think oh is there danger that i need to avoid yes no That's do it. i need to go okay no great cool yeah i and let everything else go there we yeah. go so you know i now can live um a full life not dependent on the on my external environment to derive my happiness yes yeah it comes from from within yeah, yeah. I, there's just no excuse for it other than to look within you so now when something's not going 
right in my life. It's one of the other big things that meditation has given me. When something's not going right in my life, I don't look at, you know, what's doing, who's doing this to mm. me and who's doing that to me and what, you know, what do they think. I look at what's going on in here and yep. in my own self and my own mind. Yeah. Um, and okay, well, how am I going to, going to deal with this? Yeah. Which is so powerful. I mean, because but also it gives you it gives you the power as well to yes. to either make change or accept and move on, rather than wait for someone else to do something to fix it or to blame yeah. someone or yeah yeah. And we run workshops and and all uh, talking about all this sort of stuff. And people come in. Oh, do I need to do this course? And I say, great, do it all. It's incredible. Yeah. But meditation is the baseline. You'll get all of these insights from just sitting down and meditating. Yeah. They'll just start popping into your life and happening one of the things I found and I'm conscious of your time so we won't go much longer um, that when we first started when I first started meditating first few days I'm like this is the best thing ever I'm great at meditation and then something happened my brain seemed to open up a door and I felt I felt more keenly like my emotions started to feel sharper and I started to feel more deeply in good and bad ways is that something that people experience a lot in meditation yes right Um, yeah definitely because you're essentially you're you're um, stopping to suppress a lot of emotions yeah that uh that a lot of us spend our lives suppressing emotions suppressing feelings excuse me all of that sort of stuff um so yeah meditation is literally making you alive and Mm. not only that it's not only the suppression it's also just the awareness we're not aware of so much that's yeah. going on in our life and it's opening up your, your realm of awareness. So you're saying, oh, wow, I noticed that. I feel that. So, yes. yeah, you feel joy very intensely. You yep. feel pain intensely. But you don't need to suffer as a result of the pain. That's right. Because And the, the analogy that I, that I give, which is quite kind of funny, that um, you know, this meditation guy, I play rugby, I do martial arts, it's, you know, I'm acutely aware of what pain looks like. Yeah. Um, when I'm on the rugby field experiencing pain and you know, break bones and tear ligaments and it's painful, yeah. I don't suffer mm. as when I'm in it or afterwards. I think it's just terrific. Right. <laughs> That's, you know, my mind, I'm, 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 I'm having a great time. I could stub my toe yeah. and it would be like the world was ending, you know, walking through the studio, stub my toe and, you know, it could be like the world is, is ending <laughs> for me. So that's just further insight that it's not the pain. Like yeah. you're saying whether well, the stubbed toe is worse than a, than than a, broken, than a broken hand or <laughs> yeah. a broken rib or, or something like that. It's certainly not. But why do I suffer? Mm. So really the, the answer is that is the suffering is not caused by the sensation themselves. It's caused by the way we relate to that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, 100%. You feel it. You're going to experience joy and you're going to experience pain. You're going to experience anger. But you don't need not suffer as a mm. result. Um, easier said than done. It requires... It sure. requires a lot of practice and there's certainly no this is not a quick fix yeah you can't come in here and say I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes and, and I'm going to go out and life changed life life changed for yeah. a lot of people it does life does change they come in here for the very first time they meditate they sleep the best they've ever yeah. slept in their life but that's just the beginning yes. if you stop meditating you won't have another good sleep yes. again <laughs> you know, it's yeah just, that's right it's not like a one hit wonder kind of yeah. cure all Overnight, exactly. Yeah. Go to the gym once yeah. and then do, a, do <laughs> yeah. an, uh, an ultra marathon or a Hawaiian Ironman exactly. the next day. Exactly, you're dreaming. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's the other thing. Um, people are used to being sold these, you know, six days to six pack abs kind of solutions, yeah. Yeah. and they want they want to know that it's going to work. And I think it's just a matter of kind of letting go of that and and giving yourself over to the process. 
whatever it looks like as yeah. well you know it'll work I, yeah. guarantee, I guarantee you yeah. that it'll work I'm, I'm yet to find someone who has given it a, a, a real go yep and hasn't worked yes the main reason why people who have meditated don't meditate is because they've just slipped back into some old old patterns of thinking they say yep. I know it's great for me I was experiencing such great results <laughs> but I'm you know I've just fallen into yep. the I had a busy period or I got sick or something came up I, yeah whatever it may yep. be and it happens all the time think you know even though we know things are good for us it does happen all the time and i think that the other thing is to just be (laughs) kind to ourselves and say okay well that happened let's just go back dip our toe back in and and you remember you know and you start to create that path again and slowly becomes easier to to walk that path every day yeah i I couldn't couldn't agree more yeah it's um it's pretty fascinating it is. Yeah, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> this has been wonderful, though. Oh, we, we can we can always do a part two. That'd be good. <laughs> don't, don't, don't invite me if you don't mean it, because I'll be back. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, no, that's that's fine. We can do a part three and four if you want as well. No, that was, that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Kevin. No worries. Thank you. 